0: Is still got his sense of humor very firmly intact.
1: The Money Show.
0: The Markets. And on to Peter Brook, who's portfolio manager at the Old Mutual Investment Group, on the line to us this evening from Cape Town. Uh, it was after Friday's madness on markets, Peter Brook. I really did think today would be a bit of a sell off, and that didn't happen. Yeah, a bit of
1: an anticlimax, though, if you're used to markets going up 5% today. But. Um... <laughs> <laughs> nice to have held it as opposed to have given it all back. And that's one of the things that we've been seeing in a tremendous amount of volatility in markets recently.
0: That huge volatility, of course, is informed by the stuff that we know. Um, there is a big inflation problem across the world. Central banks are responding with higher interest rates. Those facts haven't changed. In the meantime, tiny little factoids change, little points little little points on employment or whether China's going to open up or stay closed. And these things cause the huge swings and roundabouts that we see. Is there any hope of any calm anytime soon?
1: I think it's normal that we get the sort of volatility as we start heading towards turning points. So one of the big drivers is we've had the theme of liquidity tightening, higher interest rates, and now our markets are starting to test that. So if you look at, for instance, the U.S. Federal Reserve, it, it feels about in line with reality. So where the, the Fed forecasts are, where the market is, so, and then it becomes very sensitive to news flow in terms of is it good news or is it bad news, is it the end of the rate cycle. Um, the other thing that I think feeds this volatility is, and these rumours, is the fact that generally people are positioned very conservatively. So you, you take China, it's underperformed hugely, so you get some news flow, it's quite easy to jump. But that's because it's jumping from a low base. So just take South African uh, NASPERS, you know, it's up 16% in the last week. But it's still down 7 over the last month. So the the gain was it's just recovering some of the loss. And I think until we establish the next sort of trend, which is when do we start coming out of the recession? When is that priced in? I think that's next year's story you'll probably get
0: a more stable market. Yeah, for now, um, ride the waves, I suppose. I mean, yeah, the all share index at sixty nine and a half thousand, there or thereabouts today. I didn't think we'd see it this year, frankly, based on all of the negativity around the world. But there is this sort of this desire to push higher, if not the uh, the underlying market means in order to do so. Multi choice with a disappointing update today and it's leading to all kinds of prognostication over the the internal health of multi choice and it's uh, Uh, a once revolutionary, now quite dated business model.
1: Yeah, So are fairly dull trading updates. You're talking about results between flat and 5% up. Um, And the market actually didn't really move it that much. I think the more interesting result was Ralbeck, which produced their interim interim numbers, and they were up 4.4% today. So a bit more activity there.
0: Okay, talk to me about ROBEX, why that excites you more than multi-choice, which is, um, you know, got big problems getting cash out of Nigeria and is, you know, wondering how on earth to keep its subscribers interested with a a world of competition that's coming its way?
1: So I think ROBEX is important because it's the last man standing. Well, it's in Wilson Bailey Homes in the construction sector. And so South Africa is going to build its way out of its problems and you, you might recall I've spoken before about how poor our investment been, as a share of GDP has been for the last 20 years. So we're running at about 15%, which is way below where it needs to be. So over time, that compounds into less electricity, less water, less roads, um, and we need to fix that. So these are the companies that have got the potential to fix it, and so um, really important is the bellwether for South Africa – and how are we doing? Um, the actual numbers were very good. And a lot of that was driven to, to a really big project fixing the Bight Bridge border post. Which is good news for, um my fellow Zimbabweans heading home over Christmas. But, um, the, I think the concerning element within the results was actually the fact that their order book is not growing any more. So, just if you take, for instance, the renewable energy, They don't have. They've put none of the IPPs, the government um, next wave, down as as going projects. So you probably, if you haven't got solar, you should probably lay it in.
0: Yeah, and, and and there's just been such a disappointment in terms of government infrastructure delivery. It's spoken about, spoken about, promised, and, um, you know, all of the big construction companies are telling us that simply, you know, the orders are, are spoken about but don't get executed on, don't get acted upon because of, you know, all of the issues with which we're all too familiar, unfortunately, in South Africa. But Ramex's last man standing is in an ideal position, should one day the taps open on infrastructure spend, there should be massive beneficiaries of that. Have they got the capacity, of course, uh, to take up any slack that does occur?
1: I think they definitely do. I mean, it's a well-managed business that's delivered consistently over time. Um, and they do have, yeah, they've got, they've got the people, the people exist in South Africa. Now, this is one of the interesting little quirks out there. I'm not sure if you're aware, but Sanral pulled back a whole wave of contracts. And apparently a lot of those have now been re-awarded um, and they've gone out to the Chinese yes. who are the lowest cost bidders. And this is a fascinating thing because who are the Chinese going to employ South Africans <laughs> or are they going to bring in Chinese labor, which is what they've done in the rest of Africa? And what does that mean for the black economic empowerment and transformation and the requirements? Because... Um, The South African companies are compliant with this, are the Chinese
0: companies. Good point, Peter Brook. Thank you very much for raising it. Peter Brook at the Old Mutual Investment Group, tonight's market commentator. Yeah, there's reports over the weekend of the Chinese contracts. And there's a huge amount of hypocrisy, of course, that comes with this sort of deal um, where there's a huge amount of pressure on you to buy local and demands that you buy local. And if local companies are greedy and they're mispricing their contracts, well, that's one thing. But they've got a huge South African cost base, of course. And if the Chinese are going to come in and do these projects, but as Peter Brook suggests, do them in the way they've done projects, in other parts of the continent. Then those jobs don't stay here. Then those aren't local jobs. I think there's a lot more detail still to be beaten out of that one. It's going half past six. Please, Zulu, now with the latest.